But it's from my favorite, um, a meme page, elegant underscore Episcopal underscore memes on Instagram. Just shout out. Um, but, okay. It's basically, okay, so let me describe this image. It is people in a church, and they there's one person who says, Jesus would be a Republican, and behind them there's a person with a gun. You can actually cut this out. I feel like this would be really hard to explain to people. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast the podcast of just describing memes but it's perfect is it not Uh uh-huh no david don't do that to me okay Um, well uh okay let's just cut that out you know what i just thought of though is like we were talking about like having like on the website like director's desk and curator's corner maya's Maya's memes. memes ah yes Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the director of formation here at St. Paul's Cathedral in rainy San Diego. And I'm Maya Little Sonia, and I'm the youth minister. And I'm Jackie Pippin, and I'm the digital resource curator. What's happening in Japan, Jackie? Snow. How much snow? Uh, it looks like... A lot of snow. There's That's a lot a of really snow accurate here. Accurate I mean, not, cast. not in San Diego. Can you imagine raining. like a meteorologist being like, "Yeah, it looks like a, it looks like a lot of snow." Yeah, it's a lot of snow. Yeah, yeah. too much, yeah. too much. You know, yeah. got a lot of rain. Um, there is a lot of snow in the U.S. Different not parts here. of the U.S. Not in San Diego. No, but there's some Sorry crazy low temps right now. Ooh, this is crazy. It's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Taste those crazy squares. So, we are going to get into our gospel for this week, the week of February 3rd, uh, the fourth Sunday after Epiphany. And if you are interested in us answering a question or sharing a comment that you have from your week of faith discussions or a story you have from your week of faith discussions using those Faith to Go resources or the resource of the Faith to Go podcast, we would love to hear from you. You can send us an email to faith to go, F A I T H. T-O-G-O at stpaulcathedral.org. That's S-T-P-A-U-L-C-A-T-H-E-D-R-A-L dot O-R-G. And we will answer your questions or share your comments or your stories on next week's podcast. So when we ever, whenever we get something from listener mail, we like to share it. Um, but today we're just going to get right into the gospel. And uh, this is the Gospel of Luke that we continue with as we are in year C of the lectionary in Luke's year. This is the gospel that immediately follows the gospel story from last week of Jesus reading the Isaiah scroll in the synagogue. And like every week, the Faith to Go resources are all based on this gospel, and you can go find those resources at www.myfaithtogo.org. And we're going to get into the gospel and each highlight a point for you to take into your faith conversations this week. And Jackie is going to read the gospel for this Sunday, Luke four twenty-one to 30. Then he began to say to them, To today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, Is not this Joseph's son? He said to them, Doubtless you will quote me this proverb. Doctor, cure yourself, and you will say, Do hear also in your hometown the things that we have heard you did at Capernaum. And he said, Truly I tell you, 
No prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a severe famine all over the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them except to the widow at Zarephath in Sidon. There were also many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elijah, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman in Syria. When they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But he passed through the midst of them and went on his way. Okay, thanks, Jackie. <clears throat> this gospel is super confusing. Yeah, it is. Uh, what the heck is Jesus talking about? Um, with these Jesus. references Jesus. <laughs> to Elijah and to Elisha. So remember this, like I said before, this is coming. This is the second half of what is one full story of Jesus going to Nazareth as his first act of public ministry and reading the the scroll of Isaiah in the synagogue where he says, the spirit of the Lord is of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to the, to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And remember we talked about last week how he leaves out the second half of that last sentence to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance for our God. So this is then the, the kind of following interactions Jesus has after that with all of the people who were like really amazed at Jesus's teachings. All their eyes were fixed on him and they began. Uh, and, and so then he begins to say to them today, the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. So, there's a lot of stuff going on here, and so the to get into the kind of the context of it is kind of also is part of my point. So I'll go first uh, with the point I want to highlight, and that's about the way Jesus is using this uh, he, the Hebrew scriptures here to you know communicate something to the people in Nazareth. So he's doing it two different ways. Last week he did it by reading Isaiah and like intentionally leaving out this last part of this last verse about um, the day of vengeance of our God and emphasizing instead the year of the Lord's favor and freedom of the oppressed and, and healing to the blind and good news to the poor. Um, and then in this second half from today, from this week's gospel, he's t using these two different stories of two different prophets from Hebrew scripture, or we could say the Old Testament. Uh, one about Elijah with a J and one about Elisha with an S-H, which are two different people. And Elijah appears in the book of 1 Kings, and Elisha appears in the book of 2 Kings. So this is a story from 1 Kings about Elijah, and the story in 2 Kings about Elisha. And so the story about Elijah is that he, uh, under the reign of of King Ahab went to King Ahab and told King Ahab that there was going to be a drought and a famine in the land. So Elijah is sent by God to go to Zarephath in Sidon to a widow's house who also has a son. And he goes and asks the widow. So he's going out of Israel. That's kind of the main point here is that he's like leaving the promised land. This is a different land, a land of what 
you know, would be referred to as Gentiles or just non-Jewish people. Okay. And so it's like these, this widow and her son, and they're like at the point of going hungry. Okay. So they're kind of like experiencing their own lack of food at the same time that Israel is experiencing a famine. And he asks them to feed him and, and for food. And she says, I, I would bring you something, but we don't have any food. We don't have oil. We don't have any flour for cakes. We're just going to die. And he says, well, go bring me these things. And when you go back, as long as there, as long as I am here and as long as there is a famine in Israel, your like oil jar will be full and your meal jar will be full and you'll have enough food and water. And then later in the story, actually, the, the son dies and Elijah brings the son back to life. And the woman says, now I know that like you are a true prophet and that your God is a true God or something. Anyway, so the – and then the next story is about Elisha who was like Elijah's successor in Second Kings and this guy Naaman from Syria who was a, a, like a warrior and a great warrior but had leprosy and like thought, fought on behalf of Israel, but was not an Israelite, again, a non-Jewish person, and came to Elisha um, to ask for healing, and Elisha granted him healing. So he healed his leprosy, even though he was not a Jewish person. So Jesus is pretty much saying to the people here, this is what makes this story different than the parallel stories in the other Gospels. Like, if you read the story of Jesus going back to his hometown, the prophet without honor, in Mark, it says that Jesus was not, because of the people's unbelief, Jesus was not able to do any, like, miracles or acts of power with them. And so it was kind of like because of the people, Jesus left and was unable to do things. This one kind of changes that, because Jesus is pretty much saying to them, I know what you're going to say, like, you know, physician, heal yourself. Um, but truly, more truly, the, the truth is that, like, we ha in, in, in Israel, there are a whole lot of hungry people, but Elijah went outside of Israel to bring health and salvation to a widow outside of Israel instead of the widows inside of Israel. And Elisha, there were a lot of lepers in Israel, but Elijah, Elisha, healed this non-Jewish person, non-Israelite person of leprosy. So just like them, what Jesus is saying is like, I'm not staying here. I'm not just healing this. My, the good news is not just to the, the poor here. It's not just to the blind here. It's not just to the oppressed here. It's to everyone. And so they go from like, they go from being amazed at his words to being filled with rage, <laughs> you know? And, and that's why is because, these aren't just like some random stories. Jesus is, this is like a really cool story because Jesus is using scripture and interpreting scripture to clarify his ministry and like, and to emphasize these specific parts of the, of the history of Israel to show what his emphasis is going to be, which is going to be healing, which is going to be emphasizing, you know, the, the like, freeing nature of God and the freedom of God and not just freedom of God for Israel but for all mm -hmm. peoples so that's I think that's like the main one of like the big dynamics that's going on that's confusing because we have these stories from Elijah and Elisha and they're kind of just like thrown in there without much context right and they don't really make any sense um, but but that's like the thrust of what Jesus is trying to tell them so 
again, a scriptural interpretation kind of thing from Jesus, which is, I think, really cool. Really neat to look at, yeah. Well, kind of building off of that scriptural interpretation bit, I kind of wanted to highlight um, how I thought it was interesting how quickly the demeanor of the people changed. So when he first, when this reading first begins, and, and building off of last week, because they are... One is right after the other. This one's right after what we heard about him reading from Elijah or from Isaiah and then cutting out that last part. But it says that they were amazed at his gracious words. And then very quickly, we see that they get very angry with what he's saying as he explains what David had mentioned about the widow and the leper in these foreign lands. And that um, he was saying, I know what you're going to say. You're going to tell me, physician, heal yourself, which we had. I looked a little bit more into that. And that's basically was just a saying, being like, heal your people and heal your body and, and what you're a part of before you go heal other people. And he mm. refute, he rebukes that and, and instead says, no, I'm going to go take this outside of our group. And then that's the point where they become really angry. And so I, um, I just thought it was really interesting how often we, and I'm very guilty of this as well. It's just like, like we, we manipulate not just scripture and the word of God to suit our own, um, special interests but we just get frustrated when god suits anyone's special interests except our own (laughs) you know um where there just seems to be abundant blessing and grace and everything in anyone else's life but our own and it might not seem like they deserve it or i don't know that we might i don't know we just get frustrated but i think the more the the whole gist of it is that he isn't working for anyone's special interests you know i find myself um i think recently I was going to use, like, a Bible verse to rebuke something that someone had said that wasn't really... There was, like, a person that said they were Christian, and they had just said something that wasn't very nice online. And so I was going to throw back a Bible verse at him. I'm like, wait, hold up. I had to catch myself and realize, okay, me with my keyboard being like, ha-ha, gotcha, and using that game of gotcha and trying to throw scripture back at them as a form to call them out on... Because it was political... Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wait, hold on. That's not what this is supposed to do. You know, (laughs) I'm not supposed to yield this as a weapon for my cause, because in the end, it isn't about my cause and your cause. It's Mm -hmm. about this general cause of bringing good news to the poor and the oppressed. Mm -hmm. But I have to realize where my intentions lie with that, you know, because Mm -hmm. that me being like, ha gotcha, like about. But that was only to satisfy my personal interests uh-huh. and and to kind of, you know what I mean? I think And I think it's really important to analyze, to accept that, you know, there are no interest groups. There's no our cause versus their cause. There's one central cause. Uh, that actually brings me to my point, uh, which is kind of along that same verse in verse, verse 29. Uh, the crowd in their anger drove Jesus out of the town and even desired to throw him off the cliff. Um, but as we see in Luke, Jesus in the story is bringing a message of freedom for the oppressed and hope to the poor and release to the captives. And in this encounter is able to show that imagery of crossing boundaries. You know, he is able to walk through the midst of them and not go off of the cliff and not be thrown by them mm-hmm. um, because of the message that he brought. And and that shows in this reading, just the fulfillment of the scripture and that the scripture is going to be challenging and frightening to those 
who hear it yeah. and to those who are nervous of including um, the marginalized and identifying outsiders, but that fulfillment of scripture is still possible. Yeah. You know, like there is still hope in the end that even in their rage that they will be able to stop themselves from throwing Jesus off the cliff. Mm -hmm. And in their rage, they are able to calm themselves down and see that that Jesus was right and that Jesus is in the midst of them and that that's a gift. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's kind of that notion that, you know, we, we are, we live these lives where we also get filled with rage and we get frustrated when things don't go our way and we're frustrated when we're told that we're wrong. Um, but we always have that opportunity to take a minute and to take a step back and to really look at what's going on and where we're called to be and what we're called to be doing. Um, and so it's kind of that freedom mm-hmm. that we have that choice. And that we can always stop and turn back to God. Yeah, and I like that because it's also it also makes you think of this like really uh, violent turn that that the crowd takes from um, being amazed at Jesus as gracious, as like hearing Jesus's amazing words as gracious, mm-hmm. and then hearing them as threatening and filling them with rage, like zero to one hundred. Yeah, and so it's like. They they liked they they thought the words were gracious when they heard Jesus saying it is the year of the Lord's favor for you guys, yeah. And then as soon as it, they heard Jesus say and for all these other people, they're like, whoa, wait a second, hold on, <laughs> we don't like that. And <laughs> the so Syrians? so like it's almost like just to yeah like just like what you were saying is like the the gospel the truth of the gospel is going to. Like the truth of the gospel is going to make us uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and there's it's going to cause like strife and upheaval if we're actually speaking truth to like cultural and societal dynamics of privilege and power. But in that strife and and frustration, Jesus is in the midst of it all, and just like he's in the midst of the crowd. So as much as we want to throw the truth off the cliff and pretend like the truth isn't doesn't isn't what it is Ooh, i'm gonna start using that more like yeah. you've heard of sweeping it under the rug i'm gonna throw <laughs> it off a cliff <laughs> what the truth really is is only ever going to sit among us we can't get rid of it it's just no. gonna be there it's like, gonna go right through yeah he's gonna walk r- the truth is gonna be there no matter what and it's gonna be in the midst of all that strife and it's and gonna keep cause going on the its strife way and keep keep marching forward and all we can hope to do is follow it yeah that's good so i think we have three I'll say really good points. Three points. That's what you would say, yeah. Yeah. My point was the first point, and uh, it was about this these two stories of Elijah and Elisha and Jesus using Scripture again this week to emphasize the universality of, of the gospel and how it reaches beyond what people were expecting it, uh, the group that people were expecting it to reach to. Um, the second point was Maya's, and that was about... Uh, building off of that, us being able to see when we are trying to like trying to keep our own group safe or keep our own privilege and power safe at the expense of other people. And then Jackie's point was about Jesus remaining in the midst of us when we do hear that truth, truth, and when there is strife. So uh, 
having heard that conversation, Jackie is going to read the gospel one more time and see if you hear anything new this time through. Then he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, Is not this Joseph's son? He said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Doctor, cure yourself. And you will say, Do hear also in your hometown the things that we have heard you did at Capernaum. And he said, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a severe famine over all the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them except to a widow at Zarephath in Sidon. There were also many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elijah, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman in Syria. When they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But he passed through the midst of them and went on his way. Okay. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this week's faith to go podcast for the week of February 3rd. We'll be back next week. Uh, make sure you go check out uh, the faith to go Instagram at faith to go. Send us an email, question, comment, or uh, story from the week to faith to go at stpaulcathedral.org. Check out all of those faith to go resources at www.myfaith2go.org. And make sure to rate and review this podcast to help people find it on iTunes. And until next week, we say goodbye, everyone. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.